girlfriend lips in. Episode up, catch your life. <laughs> like, if I like you, I like you. Mm. But if I don't, don't try me. Try yeah. guys. Don't do that. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Even when you're angry or upset with somebody that you're with, you are still responsible for how you say what you say. Yes. We got married, and after a year and a half of being married, he left me. At that point, I'm trying to numb what I'm feeling because I can't believe that my best friend from for over 10 years whom I married, whom I love, left me. Mm -hmm. What is up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Catch Your Life. My name is Casey, a sex-positive queer person of color who is extremely into fitness and mental health awareness. And today, I have my cousin here, Raven. Hey, guys. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so whenever, as a creative, I'm feeling down or I'm feeling like I need to go back to center, that's exactly what I do. I go back to center. And sometimes that means for other people going to family, sometimes that means going away, sometimes that means whatever you need it to mean to go to center. So this episode is about us going to center and finding ourselves. And it's also a relationship episode. So we're gonna talk about love, relationships, heartbreaks, all of that. So to start off, I asked people on my story, or actually you went on my story and asked people. I did. Yeah, <laughs> and they were asking about long distance relationships. And we so happen to both be in long distance relationships. I'm currently in a long-distance relationship, and Raven was in a long-distance relationship. Yeah. So I can tell you to, it's not like I'm a guru, a sex guru, or a relationship expert, but I can tell you to the best of my knowledge what I'm doing in order to get through it, because I'm not a long-distance type bitch. Like, that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> that is not me. Like, I, my love language is touch, and mm -hmm. I like when he's around, but he's not around right now, so I have to make it work with certain things. What's your love language? My love language is actually tied. So my love languages are receiving gifts mm -hmm. and physical touch. So when people think about receiving gifts, they automatically go off the deep end and say, oh, that means you like designer this, you got to always be bought this and bought that. And the truth is a gift to me could be like my man writing me a very cute note mm -hmm. and then just sliding it over to me and like, oh my God, that's so sweet. Or remembering that my favorite colors are blue and green. So you bring me something that's blue or green. I just appreciate the small stuff. So it doesn't mean that it has like, a high value in somebody else's eyes but in my eyes the fact that you took that time out to do that for me speaks volume so oh, wow. i'm all about that but physical touch same when i hug you it, it means something if i'm touching you that means something because mm -hmm. i don't like to touch everybody yeah exactly <laughs> i'm very big about keeping energy is big so some people before you even physically touch them when you just get near them you can feel their vibe and you're mm -hmm. kind of like yeah no nah, i can't even mess around with that yeah. so when I hug you and I love on you, that's a really big, that's another way that I'm showing you my love. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And I know that Casey said that he is currently in a four, I mean, four year, my God. Oh my God. Could you imagine? <laughs> 30 but, year relationship. <laughs> right. So Casey just said that he's in a long distance relationship. I was in a long distance relationship, but I've also been married. I've also been divorced and I've also dated after. So yeah. relationships are very much so 
I've, I've experienced a lot, mm-hmm. but I don't, like you said, I don't profess to know everything, but I know enough to give you tidbits about like what I've been through and how I got through it and all that kind of good stuff. So, so talk about that for a second in the beginning, start from the beginning of your relationship when you first got married. Oh, oh, child, the ghetto. <laughs> all right, so, <laughs> all right, so I actually married my best friend. We were best friends for over ten years. Oh, that's so cute. And oh, yeah, cute, and then it got ugly, right? <laughs> so we were best friends for over ten years, and after, um, after we got back in contact with each other, like on a regular basis we started getting closer in our relationship with God at the same time. So it was kind of like, wow. oh my God, now you're getting closer, I'm getting closer in our own respective spaces. Mm-hmm. So we started hanging out more. And the more we hung out, the more it was just like, it was such a homey feeling. Like, this is where, this is the person I'm supposed to be with. Like, I can see myself married to this man, mm-hmm. right? So we were together for a year. And then on Valentine's Day, he proposed. And I never wanted to have a big wedding. However, um, we got our marriage certificate and we called our pastor at the time and said, hey, we got our certificate. He was like, y'all want to get married today? And we literally looked at each other and said, yes. (laughs) So I went in my closet, got my little white dress. He went in the closet, got his suit. We called our parents, said it's about to go down, and we got married. Mm -hmm. Now, you would think that... Did you ever want, like, a big wedding, though? Never. Okay, cool. Never. I'm on the same wave. Like, in real life, I like to be around people that bring value. Mm -hmm. And I think that certain things should be kind of sacred. I think people like to put on a show for everybody else. So you end up spending thousands of thousands of thousands of thousands of dollars for somebody just to go back and basically give their commentary about what they felt about your big day. Mm -hmm. And I'd rather be surrounded by family and love. So I'd rather have intimacy. Yes, that's what I was about to say. It's a very intimate thing. Yeah, than put on a big show. Like, it's not worth it. Plus, I want to be able to live after... And with the way my funds are <laughs> yeah. set up, you know, you got to be smart instead this of be coin. silly, right? <laughs> this coin. We got married, and after a year and a half of being married, he left me. Mm. And he didn't leave me in, like, a traditional sense. So I was growing. Now, one thing I will tell you guys is that when you're in a relationship with somebody, you should want that person to grow as you should want to grow as a person. Yes. And if you're growing and that person is not growing with you, then you start to notice that there is some tension. Um, something that they say about marriage is that it's two people becoming one person. That's why you only have one last name, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And it's hard because you have to take all the history of who you are and all their history, and you're trying to blend it together to mm-hmm. make it make sense. But the truth is you have to pack so much patience when you say you're in a relationship, let alone a marriage with somebody. Mm-hmm. So after a year and a half, he said, you know what? He sent me a text message. What? He sent me a text message. We're so message. much more than a text message. Okay. <laughs> we are so much more. So I'm thinking like, yo, uh, a text message does not, how dare you? Yeah. You know, like my feelings were hurt. I was devastated. And again, I need to throw this out there too. We were not in any physical altercations, no verbal altercations or anything like that. But when somebody is not ready, they're literally just not ready. So when he left, you know, I had to literally start all over again. And it wasn't just that I was losing my husband. I also was losing my best friend. Wait, so walk me through it. How did... Okay, so you got that text. And what did the text say? The text said, um, I made a mistake. I came home and I never should have came home. Mm. And um, to give you a bit of backstory about that, a week 
before uh, Thanksgiving when you guys came to Detroit. A week before Thanksgiving, we were down to one car. And when we got down to this one car, um, he crashed the car. That car was my car. Mm. So he crashed the car. He called me up. He said, hey, I got into an accident, but I can fix it. Da, 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 da. In my mind, I'm just like, let me know that you're okay. Whatever. Keep me informed. One thing I hate is when I'm not informed about something. Mm-hmm. So the next thing that you know, he disappeared for like hours and not texting me back, not calling me back, nothing. And I was so mad. Mm-hmm. So by the time I did get on the phone with him, I was like, yo, take the car to my mom's house. You know, the guy that she was dating at the time was like a mechanic. So he was like, can check it out, all this other kind of stuff. He said, okay, didn't do it. The next time he talked to me, I was so pissed that he wasn't doing what I asked him to do. I was like, this is what you're going to do, mm-hmm. which I will go ahead and stick a pin in this. Even when you're angry or upset with somebody that you're with, you are still responsible for how you say what you say. Yes. And that still has some type of ramification. So even in my my distress of being like upset that you weren't communicating with me, I turned around and I said it in a very stern tone, like I'm not going to even hold you up. <laughs> I was just like, what you're about to do is take the car to my mom's house, yeah. park it, and just chill. I was like, you just got into an accident. What is this? You know? So after that, he disappeared for a week. What? So when you guys came into town, he was gone. He was gone, so... You know what's crazy? I don't remember you being, like, any other type of way, though. You were playing it off really good. Baby, because let me tell you something. I would be so stressed out and depressed. (laughs) Here's the thing. I did experience stress. Mm -hmm. I did experience depression. Mm -hmm. However, your family is not as forgiving as you are. So the moment that you tell your family that you're going through something, Mm -hmm. they're not always going to be accepting to say, okay, it's all right, you guys are going to go through things. They're going to remember that one thing, hold on to it as tight as they can, and then whenever that person comes around, it's going to be uncomfortable. Mm. And that's not something that you want to create in a relationship. Exactly. So there are certain times that you have to protect your relationship. Now, even though we're cousins, you know, I'm very protective of you, Mm -hmm. as you already know, and you're protective of me, so I'm pretty sure if I would have called you and told you, like, Casey... Like, he left and da-da-da-da. That's like best friends, too. Like, you have to hold what you say with best friends, too. Exactly. I've been there in that experience before where it's like, you vent to your best friends, and then now they hold it one, and they can't let it go. Yeah, because then the the next piece of commentary becomes, like... So why are you going back? You deserve better yeah. than that. Like you don't you don't understand if they did this once, they can do it again. And the truth is, mistakes are gonna happen. Yeah, no one's perfect. A mistake is one thing though. A repeated mistake is this is intentional. Like this is not even a mistake anymore. You're doing this mm-hmm. and at that point you have to ask yourself, is it worth the repetitive, you know, behavior or is do I just need to let go and let God yeah. at this point, right? So he left. Uh and the next thing that you know. Uh, you guys were in town. Our pastor called us in his office, and he went off on both of us. I love my pastor to life and back. Like, I really Why did he do. go off on you, though? Because his thing was, when I say go off, he didn't, like, snap on me the same way he snapped on him. Oh, okay. His whole thing was more so, like, you know, Ray, it's not what you're saying. It just may be how you're saying it. Mm-hmm. And when you're going through things, you're not thinking about how you're saying something. Yeah. You just want to get it off your chest because you want to be heard, because you want your feelings to be validated. Mm-hmm. So... You know, I understood what he was saying. In that moment, when we were sitting in there, he said, well, he didn't want to be with me anymore. I looked at him, tears in my eyes. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, are you mm-hmm. serious? And he was like, yeah, I'm serious. I don't want us to be together anymore. Like, I don't feel like I'm ever going to be good enough for you. Mm-hmm. And that baffled me because I'm like, wait a minute. You're my best friend. What do you mean? You're 
you're not going to be good enough for me. If you weren't good enough for me, I wouldn't have married you. But for him, and again, men are very different from women. So if a man feels like he's not bringing the same energy to the table, like with me at that time, I was the breadwinner. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know this oh too well. <laughs> I know this oh too well. Like, I know. And especially oh. being a man in a relationship, I am gay, but I have a masculine center, so it gets to my ego. So yes. I definitely know. Yes. But I don't let it hold me back, though. See, but you're different in that respect. Mm -hmm. He was like, she's doing more than I am. I feel some type of way. I know it's not her fault, but I'm still going to, you know, act a fool in so many words. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to say act a fool. He chose to pull back. Mm. So he's starting to pull back. And me, I'm trying to figure it out because my way of thinking is very black and white. I hate gray areas. Yeah. So when I see a gray area, I try to fix what the gray area is. What's your sign? I'm a Pisces. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, but I'm very true to we Pisces. Pisces. <laughs> like, if I like you, I like you. Mm. But if I don't, don't try me. Try yeah. God. Don't do that. <laughs> Period. So... <laughs> so um, when I when I love, I love hard. Mm -hmm. When I'm a friend, I go hard and paint for you. Yeah, I definitely see that. Um, but when I'm betrayed, that's it. Like there is no coming back from that. Mm -hmm. So after all of that stuff happened, I'm sorry, guys, I'm jumping, but y'all get it. It's a conversation. <laughs> so, um, Pastor talked to both of us, and after he talked to both of us, you know, he was like, "No, I still don't want to be with her. I'm just not going to be good enough for her." And I was like, say no more. I took off my wedding bands. I mm. handed it to him and I left. Now, keep in mind, I leave. I would assume or think that my husband at the time was going to come after me. Mm -hmm. He never got up. The mm. person that came after me was my pastor. pastor. Yeah. And he was like, Ray, I know it's hard to hear, but this is something that you can get through. I promise. Like, mm. this is not it. Like, this is just a test that y'all are going through. I firmly believe that you guys were meant to be together. Anybody who had interacted with us assumed the same thing. Beautiful couple. You guys just need to be together, whatever. Mm. So he actually came back home the night of Thanksgiving uh, day. Not your husband? Yes. Okay. So yeah, came back that night. And I'm fairly convinced he only came back home to have sex with me because he left exactly one week later. Really? Literally. Did you guys he have sex though? We did. I mean, I was married. Yeah. I wanted something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what? So, Damn. you know, some people feel like sex can fix things. Sex does not fix anything. Yeah. It might give you a, a quick fix for what you're feeling, that pent-up frustration, yeah. but it doesn't fix the underlying problems that you guys had. The and emotional the truth connection is, and all of that. A lot of what we went through was a communication issue. Mm -hmm. So, again, so now let's fast forward. He sends me that text saying, I made a mistake. I came home. I never should have came home. After he did that, he I got back home, and when I got there, he took the TV, he took his clothes, he took everything. Mm. And I remember being so out of it that I literally got in the shower with all of my clothes on. Did you really? I did, and I mm. sat in the bottom of the shower. I turned off the light. Like, I just, I didn't want to feel at that moment. Mm -hmm. I get out, get up the next day, and I'm like, I need to go to work because I need to be productive. I don't want to just sit around and feel what I feel right now. And after I got up to go, I looked at the kitchen table, and on the kitchen table was his wedding band. What? So I put the wedding band in my hand, and I'm driving to work, and I'm, like, fidgeting with it the whole time I'm driving to work. Mm -hmm. And one thing about me is that when I'm on, everybody knows, like, Raven is having a great day. She's being her normal self. But if I'm super quiet, you're like, something is wrong. Like, something is not right. So my boss was like, hey, you're not, you seem like something is going on. How are you? 
And I opened up my hand, and she was like, go home. Mm. You need to go home. And I was like, okay. So I text my best friends, and I told them, I said, ex-husband, my husband left me. I'm going home. Um, I'll call y'all. I got home maybe about 30 minutes after I got home. I knock at the door. It was my best friend's. Now, we all have professional jobs, right? Mm-hmm. But they left their jobs That's to come a friend. and make sure That's that I was okay. That is a friend. As soon as I walked through the door, I literally grabbed the nearest bottle of wine. I popped the top off of it. I didn't wait for a glass. I drank it straight from the bottle because at that point, I'm trying to numb what I'm feeling because I can't believe that my best friend from for over 10 years, whom I married, whom I love, left me Mm -hmm. and it wasn't for any other reason besides yo you really were not ready you were not ready like when i say i went hard to pay for him he quit his job didn't tell me that he quit his job until after he did it Mm -hmm. and he couldn't find another job after and i used to say like babe i don't care what the job is i don't care if it's walmart whatever Mm -hmm. let me stick a pin in that too stop thinking that because somebody works at a certain place they don't bring value like you would look to everybody else to say, oh, that person works at Walmart. Apparently, they must not be doing good in life or apparently something is wrong. That's not true. At all. You need to be able to love somebody where they are because that person that might be working at a lower area of Walmart right, my, right now may end up owning a Walmart and then you would have missed out on something that was good for you. But I digress <laughs> because we like everything to be quick, fast. And exactly. We love to rush the process. And we like, we, love people it. To, we like the facade of what mm-hmm. things look like. So we look at people and we say, Oh, on the outside, they got it all together. They mm-hmm. drive a nice car, but when they go home, are their lights on? Mm-hmm. Like, Instagram. do you have gas on your, in your Instagram. car? <laughs> but we look at those things and we compare. And this is such an instantaneous society that it's just like, there. it's rare. It's very, very rare that people are in truly healthy relationships now. Mm-hmm. Because, again, you want people to look at your relationship and validate it. You feel like when people validate the relationship that it's reached the peak that it's supposed to reach. But the truth is, it hasn't reached that. Mm -hmm. Like, a real relationship, I don't believe that you have to argue all the time to be uh, in, in a healthy relationship. Some people believe that. I don't. I don't think that you have to deal with a lot of drama. I don't think that you have to deal with unhealthy things to be in a relationship. Mm -hmm. But so many people feel like I have to be in something. Something about my relationship has to be unhealthy for me to say it's a good relationship. And in Mm. my mind, I'm just like, where did that narrative come from? Where? I don't know either. I have no idea. I think a lot of people are just dealing with traumas within themselves. And then they try to take on other people's traumas. And or it's either that or they're not trying to fix their own traumas. And that makes it clash. That makes the relationship really bad. And that makes it argumentative. But I I completely agree with you. It doesn't have to be argumentative at all. Because my current relationship isn't that. And it's the first one I've ever been in that wasn't that. And I feel like a lot of queer people hold a lot of traumas that they're not ready to get rid of. And or they're not, not even just queer people, though. Yeah. It's, but, it's, it's straight people, too. It's, yeah, it's, true. It's anybody. Everybody has traumas that they, to be honest with you, I think our our age bracket is starting to get to that point where we are very open about what we feel mm-hmm. with no sense of, if I say this, it's going to be a repercussion in like some type of bad way. It's like, no, nah, I'm going to say what I say. Either you're going to take it or either you're not. Right. And it's going to be okay. And for me, that's healthy because mm-hmm. so many of us have had to suppress certain things 
even in fa- even with family. Yes. So to give you guys even more backstory, my parents were married and divorced, mm-hmm. right? But the stuff that happened during that divorce was so traumatic. It was like I had nobody to talk mm-hmm. to about it, and not I even didn't... your siblings though. No, because all of us had different perspectives about it. Oh, uh, okay. And sometimes you don't want somebody to go back and forth. You need to be able to say, I just need you to sit and listen. Mm-hmm. I don't need you to sit and then give me commentary. Yeah. Because you don't understand what I'm going through. I'm the only girl. Mm-hmm. I have two brothers. So my eldest brother is not my father's son. Yeah. My youngest brother is. So my younger brother and I are super, super close. Mm-hmm. But the things that we went through hearing how our parents talked about each other and then seeing how like my mom's sister's are very much so protective over their sister. So, of course, it's going to be, they didn't dog my dad out to me, mm-hmm. but it was just very much so, like, you look at it now, and it's like, yeah, I saw those moments when they would just shake their heads because they would want to say something, but they know I, I can't say it because I don't want to add to whatever it is that you guys are going wow. through. And even with my pops, I love my dad to death, but we've had moments in our relationship where my dad would feel like, you know, you need to pick up the phone and call me because I'm your dad. And I'm like, in that same respect, I'm your child. Yeah, so why would you ways. not why would you not pick up the phone and call me on top of that? I'm your only daughter. Mm. So what what sense does this make? You know, so my dad and I have always had kind of like a back and forth relationship within the past year. We finally got to that space where we talk every day, close mm. to every day. But I understand exactly where to keep that relationship with my dad. Mm-hmm. So my dad never, I don't get upset like I used to because we have a difference of opinion. I don't get upset like I used to because he tells me what he feels even though I don't agree with it. Mm-hmm. It's just a point where I'm just like, you know, you have to learn what to feed and what not to feed. I'm not going to feed word to cash out. I'm not going to feed negativity. I'm going to feed the positivity. Mm-hmm. So the positive thing is that I talk to you. I get to hear your voice because I would hate for the son to set on his life and we ended it with trauma. Mm-hmm. But I also am a firm believer of going to sit on somebody's comfy couch. It is nothing wrong with therapy. There's nothing wrong oh, with yes. seeing a psychologist. There's nothing wrong with that. You need that for yourself. I even tell people if you're in a relationship and you see it going somewhere, you should go see a therapist. Yeah. Why? Because they'll give you guys something to think about. And they'll also give you tools so that way you're not sitting there and um, when you guys have that rough patch, you don't know how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. So one of the best pieces of advice I got was, hey, um, write down five things you cannot stand about this person. Mm -hmm. And then ask yourself, can you live with these five things for the rest of your life? Mm -hmm. If you can't, let go and let God. Mm -hmm. If you can, then it's like, all right, now you have to learn how to navigate those tough times, you know. And again, that's not a one-sided thing. And we didn't share. And the person said, don't share your list with the other person. So I never saw what my partner's list was at all. Oh, really? That's interesting. Dead serious. Never saw it. And the truth of it, the truth of the matter is, I'm glad I didn't. Because sometimes we try to alter um, outcomes. Yeah, I can so see that. So it's like, if I would have seen it, I probably would have asked, like, so why would you put this on there? Mm-hmm. Or why did you say this? Or what do you mean? You mm-hmm. know? And the truth is, what he may find annoying might just be a natural habit yeah. that I have. So, baby. <laughs> <laughs> screaming okay so let's go back um you're in the shower with all your clothes on and or we fast forward to you wait after oh, you were in the shower on. with all your clothes on you went yeah. to work the next day I right went to work. and then you came back home your I friends home. came over yep. and what happened with your friends they talked to you did it, did it help 
My friends like just you? let me be. Oh, okay. They let me be in that moment. They didn't even ask, are you okay? They just literally, it was, I have the best girlfriends in the world. I I call them my fab four. Mm. They know exactly who they are. Shout out to y'all. <laughs> but they literally just let me be. It would be moments where I would just downright pissed. I was playing Big Sean, I don't fuck with you. Mm-hmm. Like, that was my son. Like, I was just going in. Like, I don't fuck with you. Like, how dare you do this to me? Yeah. But then I was turning around and listening to some sad song, and it validated what I was feeling in the time. So I was just, like, start crying. And then they try to cheer me up by making me laugh. Like, the best friends I could have ever asked for. And truthfully, um, even after that happened, right, um, I ended up having to have surgery. Now, keep in mind, you have to have surgery, but I, ha- I have to have surgery with the last name of somebody who's no longer present in my life. Mm. I found out that he was dating other people before while we were separated and that after divorce. Crazy. He kept saying that he wanted to be, um, he kept saying that he wanted us to be divorced, but he didn't pay for it. Mm. So I did. I paid for it. You know, my lawyer was like, whatever you want, we can get it. And I was like, you know what? The only thing I want is my last name back because any of the other things don't even matter. I can recoup money. Yeah. I can recoup like the, the stuff that is materialistic. I don't even need that. I just need this to be over and done with. So after I got divorced, it was hard. I did not date for over a year and a half after I was divorced. And that was my choice. It was because I wanted to be a happy and healthy person before I jumped into another relationship. And I think so often we jump into things without really taking the time to heal from what happened previously. So with that being the case, I turned around. I took the time to heal and I am very, I'm more aware of who I choose to give my time to. I'm more aware of um, things that I will accept, things I won't accept. And it makes it easier for me to say, I'm happy with how I date now Mm -hmm. because I'm more self-aware. Wow. Wait, so when did you find your happiness? Was it like a specific day where you're just like, you woke up and you're like, you know what? I don't want to be sad anymore. Or was it like a long process? It was a long process. Was it? It's like grieving. Mm -hmm. Grief does not have a start date. It doesn't have an end date. So I was grieving. Some days I'd be angry. Some days I'd be happy. Some days I'd be sad. Some days I would just be like trying to rationalize everything that happened. To be completely honest with you, it wasn't until a little after that year and a half Mm -hmm. that I was like, man, I really came into the fullness of who I'm supposed to be. And so many people did not know that I was getting divorced. They didn't know that we were separated because I didn't post anything on social media. Mm -hmm. When they saw my last name change back to what it was previously. That's when they start asking. That's when they were like, Mm -hmm. what? Mm -hmm. What? What happened? Like, and the thing about it is I'm very private. So... Everything is not meant for the world, which, again, is another relationship issue. Mm -hmm. We love to post everything. We love to go off on social media. But, I mean, I'm only 32, Mm -hmm. but I have a very old soul. And the truth is, whatever you put out there, you cannot take it back. Mm -hmm. It will forever be out there, you know? So, um, when I got happy again, I recognized who I was. I said, well, God, look, I want to see other women, other people be happy, healthy, and whole. I want to help people just be able to get over that hump. So what I ended up doing was, out of nowhere, people started coming to me asking me for advice. Mm. And I was like, God, is this your sense of humor or no? You know? (laughs) And what was funny was they would come to me and ask me about marriage stuff. 
even though my marriage had failed. Yeah. And the truth is, just because my marriage failed didn't mean that I was spent venom on other marriages or making it work or whatever. Um, you just know what to look out for. Absolutely. But marriage is beautiful work. Mm-hmm. It is beautiful work. That means that every day you have to make the choice to still love somebody. And something that I heard, this guy was doing an interview and he and his wife had been married for over 60 years. And uh, the guy asked him, like, what, what's the secret to your long lasting marriage? And he said, it's because my wife loved every man that I was during the time that we've been married. Mm. Every man I transformed into, she loved that man. Mm. And I'm like, dang. Yeah, that takes dang. a lot. <laughs> Do you know, like, how many times you change? How many times you evolve? I'm doing yeah. it right now. Like, let me tell you. Okay, so I thought I was going to be a doctor. And that was just the beginning of my evolution. Like, getting out of school in this six months that I've been out of school, I've learned so much about mm-hmm. myself, mm-hmm. especially since I was distracted by school. I was just like, school, 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 work, 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 work. But now I just have all this time to think to myself, to work, like, get my job done and figure out my future goals. And it's just like, I'm evolving. It's like, I actually need to get out of here. I need to figure out what I want to do. And it's just, it's crazy because... I never really took the time to think about it. You know what I mean? Did you go to school for you? Or did you go to school for your family? Okay, so this is the story. I went to school. Originally, I was going to go to school for broadcasting, which I want to do. Like, it's what I want to do right now. I was going to go to Syracuse. I got accepted and everything, but the tuition was very high. And I was talking to my dad about it. And my dad was like, I don't know if you want to do that because the tuition's high. And what else did he say? And uh, it's hard to get a job in broadcasting. So I was like, okay, uh, let me continue with the music journey. Because I was a musician. Mm-hmm. I used to sing in high school. I got into this group that you had to audition for. I used to think I was a shit. <laughs> like, I used to think I was like Bruno Mars or Chris Brown or something. So I was like, all right, let me just take singing seriously. So I went to school for music. And then after that, I realized I had to play the piano. And I was like, I don't want to play the piano. I just want to sing. And so they were like, no, you have to play the piano. If you want to be like a music teacher, a musician, if you want to know your notes, if you want to know if you're on key, yada, yada. So I'm like, okay, I need to switch my major because this isn't what I want to. This isn't what I want to do. So then I was like, what's gonna make me the most money? And this is where I went wrong. And I was like, looking around, I didn't want to be a lawyer. And then I was like, oh, doctors make a lot of money. I kind of like science. I'm really smart, so let me try. So then I got into biology. That was my major, or no, my major was health sciences. And then I switched over to biology. Ended up getting a chemistry degree and then a psychology degree as well because it went with my major, so I just got two minors, and um, yeah, so I pursued the career of being a doctor, but halfway through, I was starting to get, like, second thoughts about it, but I just kept on going, kept on going. It wasn't until my last semester of college where I was like, I really, like, I'm, I'm studying for these tests, and I'm crying because I don't want to, I don't want to do it, but I'm smart enough to get A's and B's on the test. It's just like, I feel like I'm wasting my time in this library doing nothing when I want to be a creative. And people on the side, people are telling me I should model. So I used to work at CVS, and I tell this story to every agency I walk into, but I used to work at CVS, and this talent agency girl used to work at an agency, I think, in Philly or New York, Mm -hmm. and she used to come to CVS and the pharmacy all the time. She was like, you should really model. Like, I can see you modeling. And I was like, "Um, yeah, okay, like, yeah. And then she left, and she came back, like, three months later, like, three to six months later. And then she was like, why are you still here? Like, you didn't take my advice. And I, I felt like that was God for some reason, just saying, you need to do this. Like, you need to switch your path up. This is what you're meant to do. So I was like, uh, nah, I'm still here. And then um, she left, and I was like, maybe I should just quit. So I quit CVS, which was a bad decision. Don't quit your job if you don't have a plan. 
So I quit CVS and then, um, yeah, so I started pursuing modeling. And then after that, I got into the hospital because I needed another job. And I've just been modeling ever since. I started this podcast. I started public speaking. Um, I picked up an internship at a radio station. And I've just been on this journey. That's really, I'm so yeah. proud of you. If you guys, that's evolution. <laughs> I love, I am so, so, so proud of you. I am of the firm belief that everybody's journey is not the same. Yes. So much like you, I... I actually didn't finish college. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people assume that I have, a lot of people assume I have my master's in real life. It's mm -hmm. hilarious to me. Really? I'm so serious. Because I work in government, right? And a you're so of, smart. Uh, thank you. <laughs> uh, I work in government, so a lot of people assume, like, no, you you have to have a degree to get into it. And truthfully, a lot of 99.9% .9 of jobs in government, you must have a degree. Yeah. But what God has for you is for you. I ended up having the opportunity to speak in some in front of some very important people, and the next thing that you know, an opportunity presented itself, mm -hmm. and you are looking at a young woman that gets to speak in front of thousands of people. Quite often, I go out and represent very you yes, know people I in high that. places, and it's like I I love to say that it's not a traditional way of doing things. Like even I work for the circus, which is hilarious. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are like. What? The circus? Like, how did mm -hmm. you do that? Like, who does that? I never met a circus person before. But the truth is, I had a goal. I'm a classically trained ballerina. I've been a ballerina for over 27 years. Oh, wow. Um, and the next thing that you know, I used to always go to Universal Circus whenever it came into town. I bef uh, befriended a couple of people. They were ab absolutely awesome. Still love them to this day. Shout out to y'all. And um, I got a one-way ticket to from Detroit down to Atlanta. And after I got this one-way ticket, I called my friend and said, hey, I'm down here. He was like, hey, come to the office. I came to the office, and he was like, let me introduce you to the producer and the owner. Mm. I met the producer and the owner of the show, and they loved my personality. So they were like, well, our secretary is out sick, and we were actually doing interviews today, but we want to give you the job. Mm. So the same day I got to Atlanta, I got a job. I was staying with my cousins that I had just met a couple of weeks prior like, I really had no plan. Yeah. I just know that I had a dream that I wanted to fulfill, mm -hmm. right? So I get down there. I'm starting to work in the office. Everything is great. Everything is good. And the next thing that you know, he said, well, I heard you're a dancer. I was like, I am. I'm a ballerina. He was like, well, come in here and dance. I danced like I had nothing left to give. Mm. And then he said, are you afraid of heights? I said, no. He said, are you afraid of elephants? I said, I don't think so. <laughs> and then he sent me to Florida to go and train. And that's how I got with the circus. Wow. So I ended up being with the circus for four years. And wow. it was the best time that I ever had in my entire life. Very much so eye-opening. But it was the best time mm. I had in my life. It, it was me pursuing my dream over what my parents were telling me that I had to do. Mm -hmm. Like, just gave me this... I just, oh, I was so excited. I, I was like, man, I, I actually accomplished something. And what's even crazier was I wrote out a letter to myself. I sealed it up and I said, do oh, not wow. open it until January. I got that one-way ticket in December. I left in January. When I got down to the show and I actually started working, I opened up the letter that I wrote to myself. And it said, congratulations on getting with Universe Soul. Save your money. Do great things. Make somebody smile. Make somebody laugh. Mm. But don't forget who you are. And that's why I'm like, you are what you speak. Mm, that's going like, to be chills. You have to 
you have to believe it for yourself yes. before you want somebody else to believe it. If you don't, how can you sell yourself? You can't. So that's why I'm just like, I know we're supposed to be talking about relationships, yeah. but the truth of the matter is, if you really have like faith in you, so many things, good things can come to you. And it may not come to you in the package that you're expecting. Mm -hmm. You may say, well, I just want somebody to be with me who is healthy, happy, and whole. But the way that person looks may not match up with what you want, but they treat you with the respect and love that you need and that you require and yeah. all this other kind of stuff. So then the question you have to ask yourself is, do I need the superficial stuff because looks can change? That person can get into a whole accident. And then what happens if they scar up their face? Would that change how you love them? Mm. So, again, it's just, ugh, what do you want? <laughs> what do you want? Yes, so, yeah. and keep faith, too. Okay, so I was I was just in New York City. This goes with the story. Yeah. I was just in New York City, and um, I was frustrated because I went on a casting call or whatever. And I was taking the train. This is a whole side story, but this is New York for you. That's fine. I was taking the train, and... Um, the train's packed in New York. I was taking the L, and I took the L to New York City, and we were getting off the train, and there it was, like, so packed, and everybody was going up the stairs, and then this little white man <laughs> called me a faggot nigger, and I was just like, what? First of Yes, all. I was like, what? I told this story on the other one, but then the audio got all fucked up, so I couldn't say it. But, yeah, he called me that, and I, it just threw off my energy. Like, I wasn't offended by it at all because I've been called that before, but I haven't been hit with the combo before. <laughs> but I've been called separate things separately. But, um, yeah, it threw off my energy, but before that or after that, I had to go to a casting call. Yeah. So it was like it threw off my whole energy, and I went to the casting call. I still got the call back. But then I came back and I was just like, my energy was really weird. I was like, let me go to yoga. Let me go to yoga. I'm in a city I don't know. So I just went to core yoga. I know they have a free week trial or whatever. So I went to yoga. And when I walked into yoga, I was just, I was, I wasn't me. I was like out of myself a little bit. Like my energy was so off. And I think I was expecting like at least one person of color to be there. And it was just all white people. And I just felt misunderstood. And it just brought me back to like, high school it brought me back to elementary school it brought me back to middle school just being in a predominantly white like school and being misunderstood and being bullied but like not bullied to the point where i'm like crying but bullied to the point where i have to defend myself and yeah it just made me feel weird and it was just like a trauma that came out of me because a lot of my childhood traumas i don't even realize they're childhood traumas until they slap me in my face and then i'm like yeah. and then i'm like okay here we go let's roll with the punches and then i realized it so i immediately go to the back room I start breaking down, like I start crying or whatever. And then I'm like, oh shit, I wipe it off. I was like, I can't let these white people see me break down. So then I wipe it off and then I go into the yoga room and then um, do yoga and I feel better after I do the yoga, but it was just a weird experience. Fast forward to going to the hotel where my boyfriend was at because he lives in Atlanta. So he was there for our birthday and um, I was frustrated with work because I don't like where I work at. And I was frustrated with a lot of things and um that and i didn't really get to see him as i like i wanted to see him i thought it was going to be all of my time but like his friends were there so i'm just like frustrated i want to see him more and life isn't going well and so i'm like i just need to go back to the hotel i go back to the hotel i take a nap and then he comes back and then i'm just like trying to figure out what clothes i'm wearing that night and he's like are you all right you look like you're about to cry and i'm like no i'm good i'm good i'm good and then i just break down 
And I was like, I can't, I can't let you see me like this. I can't let you see me like this. He was like, why? Like, it's okay to cry. And I was like, no, I don't cry. You don't get it. We're not, guys aren't supposed to cry. And he was like, yeah, exactly. It was, it was, uh, yeah. See, but I feel (laughs) like that's a false narrative too. And I'm mm -hmm. sorry to interrupt your story, but men are, are, I feel so sorry for men, especially men of color. Mm -hmm. Like men of color are bred to be so strong and so tough. And I get that that's a part of your strength. It's a part of your makeup. However, you feel too. So why can't you cry? Why can't you be exposed? But I will also say this too. There are a lot of toxic people. Mm -hmm. So there are some women that they have been bred and trained to say that if they see a man cry, he's weak. He's weak. You don't want to be with a man that's weak. Exactly. It might, and, and it kills me because it's like, why does that make him weak? Because he cried. What is he supposed to do with what he feels? Because that ends up being a ticking time bomb. Yeah. Which I feel like what is what happening to you. You've built this up over time. Something finally sparked the fuse, and then it finally got to that point where you have no choice but to let it to out. To let it out, yeah. But when you let it out, that's a very critical point because it can go one of two ways. Either you can either let it out and then you feel like I finally got that off of me I'm okay Mm -hmm. or you end up letting it out and then you fall into a depression Mm -hmm. like there are so many people that fall into depression because they don't know what to do with the fact that I was just emotional yeah somebody told me it was okay to cry but I've never done that before so what am I supposed to do with all of this stuff now Mm -hmm. so it's just like yo it's it's crazy and it pisses me off because look (laughs) listen listen okay (laughs) It is nothing wrong with loving who you love. That is your choice. That is your decision. Everybody is not going to be supportive of that. And we all know that. There are mixed couples that go around and have issues. If you are gay, like, God forbid, Mm -hmm. you know, you come across somebody that's just an absolute jerk. They're going to say something like they said to you, which completely pisses me off. Yeah. Because a lot of people that say that ignorant shit out loud are the same ones that are probably low-key like that anyway. But I digress. So <laughs> Right, literally. So I'm just saying, like, for me, and, and it's because you, you're you brave enough to live in your truth. Yes. Everybody is not brave enough to live in their truth because they don't want to cause any rift with family. So they feel like, well, let me suppress this. It'll change, it'll change, it'll change. But again, your decisions are your decisions. You have to make the decision for you to be happy, healthy, whole. I need to express myself. And I need to know that the place that I'm expressing myself is a safe space. A safe space, Because yep. not every space is safe for you to express how you feel. Mm-hmm. You want to have some friends that they'll listen to you, but then they'll turn around and take all that same information that you just said and shoot it off to somebody else and Correct. use it against you. Yep. You know what I mean? So, ugh, it's, it's ugh, trash. So anyway, I'm on the bed crying, <laughs> like tears running down my face, the ugly cry. Yeah. And then he's just like, um, it's okay. And I'm like, yeah, I'm struggling right now. Like, I just can't, I don't know when's like, when is it going to happen? Like, and I'm trying, I constantly try to rush the process all the time. And he's like, it's going to come. It's going to come. You just have to have faith. And he was like, you just have to have faith. And he was like, I love you. I was like, I love you too. And it was just like a very, like, it was a good moment and a good feeling for me because now I know I can be vulnerable with him and be emotional with him and not have to worry about anything. You know what I mean? Look, I do. (laughs) It felt good. I do. I I love that. I love that you have somebody that loves you enough to say you can be this way and it's okay. Yeah. You know, that that means a lot. So shout out to my cousin's boo thing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so for the long distance relationship advice, I said communication is key. 
Yeah. Um, monthly visits, definitely, because I my I skin hunger like all the time. I like to touch. So even if it's just cuddling, it doesn't have to be sexual. It could be just like as long as you're like next to me or I'm like rubbing your back or something like that. Like monthly visits are necessary for me. Um, and then I also said building the relationship off of love and not sex. I think that's very important because, Thanks. yeah, when we first met, we didn't have sex the first time. But um, he left and then we had to like discuss stuff over FaceTime. We were constantly talking over FaceTime. So that gave us space to build a relationship off of love and communication and just emotional like experiences. If that makes any sense. No, it does. It makes sense. Um, what else did I say? Now, I will oh, say yours trust. Is now, I Trust. will say, baby, okay, so, like, story time. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> so, the guy I was dating, we were together for four years, mm-hmm. right? He was older than I was. It was a 12-year difference. Okay. But he didn't treat me like a sugar baby. Mm-hmm. He didn't treat me like I was Not a child. sugar baby. Not a sugar baby. Okay. <laughs> but he didn't treat me like I was his child either. He really treated me with love and respect. Okay. So, I, when I say I he's, I'm not going to hold you up. I still feel to this day he is the greatest love I've ever experienced. Oh. He is legit the greatest love I've ever experienced. So what ended it? Trust. Mm. Trust ended it. Yeah. So what ended up happening was mm-hmm. he had an ex-girlfriend. And I had access. He gave me access to his everything. Oh, this is going and, somewhere. And it's going south. <laughs> and here's the thing, though. He had access to my everything, too, because I had nothing to hide. Mm-hmm. Now, my thing is this. Random. I was playing on his iPad, right? Mm. And then the next thing you know, I see this little message pop up. And the message was from her. And I read this letter that she sent to him on oh, Facebook, basically. And sis said, <laughs> Miss Kitty misses you. And I'm like, you couldn't think of another name for your puss? But I digress. <laughs> so, you know, she was like, Miss Kitty misses you. I miss you. I'm so sorry that I cheated on you. I didn't want this. I didn't want that. And I keep in mind, he's like a tech guy. Mm-hmm. So... One of the cameras that he had gotten her, she asked him, like, to take all the pictures off of it. She was laying in bed with other men. What? So I, baby, oh, it was my a whole God. Thing. It was a whole mess. So, she's saying these things to him, and that's not what got me. What got me was his response. What did he say? He said, oh, I miss her, too. You miss what? Because <gasps> let me tell you something. I'm not about to sit up here and act like that's okay. It's not okay. Yeah, it's not okay. Because if I was to say something like that to somebody... It would be like, what do you mean? Like, what's up? You know, mm-hmm. whatever. But this is also during a time that he and I were like kind of in this rough patch, which was foreign for us because for the majority of the time that we were together, everything was great. Like, mm-hmm. it was great. Again, greatest love I've ever experienced, right? Oh, that's good. So, I see this. As soon as I see it, the only color I see is red. <laughs> the only color I see is red. So, I picked up the phone. I said, are you fucking kidding me? He said, what are you talking about? I said, so you've been texting this? Like, I am going, going, Mm. going. And I didn't even give him a chance to explain because I was that pissed. I packed up my stuff because I was at his place. I packed up my stuff Mm -hmm. and I went back to my place. I was like, I don't have to deal with this. And this is when I was living in Atlanta. I wasn't technically living in Atlanta. I was living in Dunwoody, which I love Dunwoody. Shout out to Georgia. Mm -hmm. But I'm just like, yo, like, what is this? So... Our trust was broken. And again, for me, when I don't have trust in you... It's hard. It is hard. And I could not get over the fact that they even had that conversation. Like, I was so baffled. Mm. So, trust is a really big thing. Now, when you said fly out every month... Now, this happened years ago. Mm. You know, when I was in this relationship. Like, 
yeah, years ago. Baby funds was tight. Mm-hmm. I was not always able to fly out, but he was also the kind of guy that he would give to. So he was like, babe, you know, you could fly out, whatever. I am very independent. Oh, come on, Raven. Listen, come listen, on. listen. That's where I screwed up. That used you're, to be my you're, problem. You're, you're looking, yeah, that listening. used to be my problem. That was young Raven. So young <laughs> Raven was like, you know, I'm very independent. Like, babe, nope, don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. I, I will figure out X, Y, and Z, whatever. And as we're going on with the relationship, I realized, all right, well, I don't have to be strong because the, the truth of the matter is a lot of people say that they're strong, but you're carrying around baggage. Mm-hmm. That's not strength, it's baggage. Yeah. And you're afraid to be vulnerable, like we were talking about before. So, anyway, I've grown up, not like that anymore. <laughs> Look at God loving me. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you do, you need to have great communication. And that is one thing I can say that we have great communication. We talked about everything, mm-hmm. didn't leave anything off the table. So, eventually, even after that happened, we talked again after several months. We ended up breaking up. Uh, we talked again after several months, and he was profusely saying how sorry he was. And all yeah. this other kind of stuff. He yeah, up. he did. And and I really do believe that if that had never happened, I would have married that man. You and think so? Absolutely. He was the greatest. He showed me love in ways that I mm. I needed. Like, and it might not be fair, but because that love was so great, I think sometimes I balanced new guys against that kind of love. Oh, okay. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, when I say he respected me, his respect level was on 20. He truly understood what my love language was, so he knew exactly what I needed when I would see him. I didn't have to ask him, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't have to repeat myself when I, I, I said something. Like, he was just always very attentive, so it was like, oh, greatest. Like, shout out to you, Kyle. You really are the greatest. I hope you know that. Oh, shout Still out. Still the homie. Oh. But, um, yeah, definitely the greatest. So you like long-distance relationships? I was okay Or you dealt with it because it was him? I dealt with it because it was him and long distance relationships for me. Um, again, my love language is physical touch mm-hmm. and um, receiving gifts. So because he was able to speak to my love language so well, I think that that was something that made our relationship work. Okay. Um, long distance relationships are not for the faint of heart. If mm. you have a trust issue, Preach. long distance relationships are not for you. If you are a person that is uh, worrisome, Long-distance relationships are not for you. If you are a person that says, well, I'm just tired of being alone and I just want to be with somebody, I don't care where they are, a long-distance relationship is not for (laughs) you. You need to be able to compromise when you're in a long-distance relationship. What happens when you're on two different time zones? What happens when that person has a job that keeps them extremely busy so they're not able to text you throughout the day the way you want to or talk to you every couple of hours? You have to be able to say what you can and cannot deal with. Some people can. Some people cannot. You're so. preaching. I'm not preaching. <laughs> All right, we're going to wrap it up with a, a positive affirmation. So I do positive affirmations every week. So it's going to be the weekly positive affirmation. Yes. As you can see, I have all positive affirmations on my wall right it. now. Uh, let's see. I have my positive affirmation tattooed on me. Oh, what is it? It's my wife. I am. Oh, okay. It's literally I am dot, dot, dot. Like I have to remind myself, but... If I could give uh, some affirmations to you guys, Casey's gonna do his after I do mine mm-hmm. because I'm looking at his like, oh, it looks like it's gonna be good. Mm-hmm. Um, I live by a Dr. Seuss quote, mm, and I might ahead. sound super childish, but I do. Um, one of the quotes is, "Today you are you. That is truer than true. There is no one alive more youer than you. You have to love yourself beyond what anybody else could ever tell you. 
You have to speak the positivity in your life. You have to surround yourself with that. And when you do those things, everything else starts to fall in place. But don't depend on somebody else to bring you happiness. You have to be happy on your own. Wow. So it says, today I ask a higher love to help me trust in higher love. And this to me means, okay, so I've been in a lot of shitty relationships, like a lot of shitty relationships. And um, some of them I follow on Instagram still. Some of them I don't follow, but I still see on my explore page. (laughs) And so wait, let me finish. And then some of them are just gone, blocked, deleted out of my life. But the thing is, the thing is, I constantly used to ask myself, or I constantly used to ask God, why are you giving good things to bad people? And I think it's important that we don't focus on them because sometimes we don't always see their karma. It's not going to be in your face, but sometimes their karma is private and they feel it on their own terms. If you have broken up with somebody and it was toxic, Mm -hmm. don't follow them. Let go and let God. And I'm saying that for real because a lot of times when you still follow them, you're keeping a piece of them with you. Mm -hmm. So you still haven't let go yet Mm -hmm. because you want to be able to still say, I see what you're doing. And the truth is, why should you care about what they're doing Mm -hmm. if they're no longer present in a positive way in your life? Yeah. Like sometimes, and again, you don't have to make the public service announcement. Like I hate when I see people say, uh, it's blocking season or I'm getting rid of people in my life because that lets me know you're not really getting rid of them. Mm-hmm. You want somebody to look at you and say that that's cute. It's not, <laughs> it's not cute at all. <laughs> but yeah, I used like, I developed trust issues from some of my exes and it's just like, damn, they've done this to me. Like some of them have cheated on me. I had an ex. Listen, my very first relationship I was in, I was 20 years old. Yeah. This boy was 19 years old. Um, so we were in a relationship super young. It wasn't going to last from the jump. (laughs) From the jump. We were too dumb and young. But this person cheated on me. And then, then, and I found out because when we broke up, he like completely stopped talking to me. Didn't even break up. Didn't text me or nothing. Like ghosted me. Um, He stopped talking to me. And then a couple months later, he had a whole nother man and they were getting married. And I'm just like, and he was like 40 years old. And I'm just like, what? So that built trust issues within me. So it's just like, damn, these people are actually impacting me in a negative way. And then I see them on their come up. I see them getting all this like good stuff. And I'm just like, why, God, why? Like, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I totally get what you're saying. <laughs> My goodness. Like, but, but just got to pray thing. about it, though. No, but like real talk. But then here's the thing, too, that you always have to remember. Things happen for a reason. Whether you want to know what the reason is or not. When somebody is serious about you, you know they're serious about you. Mm-hmm. When somebody is not serious about you, you will have that feeling. It will be a gut feeling. And you'll say, oh, I don't, I, you know, let me sit that feeling off to the side. Mm-hmm. When really it's your intuition saying, yo, Ooh. this is a real life thing. You need to, you need to stick a pin right yes. here because this is not something that you should ignore. Mm-hmm. Like with my ex-boyfriend, dude went on a trip to Carabana, came back. I'm in his room, you know, chilling because mm-hmm. he's back. So we're, we're talking about the trip and stuff like that. He gets up. He says, oh, I left something in the, in, the, uh, in the living room. That's where his luggage was. Something is tapping me on my right shoulder. Like, get up. Go to where he is right now. Get mm-hmm. up, get up, get up, get up. Do you know that that man put out a box of condoms out of his bag? Yikes. Yikes. And I said, what is this for? What is, what is this? And he was like, oh, I brought these for us. I know you fucking lie because I didn't go on that trip with you, number one. But number two, these are the same condoms that you can get in the United States. Yeah. So why would you feel like that's a good excuse for you to give me? 
All right? And number two, I'm from Detroit. Don't play with yeah. me. Yeah. Like, we don't play this. Like, you know how Detroit women are. Like, as soon as we, as soon as you do the stupid stuff, we got to check you. But the fact that he did that, and he gave me a lame excuse about it, it was just like, you don't respect me. Because if you respected me, you never would have put me in a position to have to deal with something like this with you. So, child, the ghetto. The ghetto. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming on the show. Do you want to yes. drop your Instagram name? Yes, if you would like to follow me, you can follow me at I underscore M underscore Ray Nicole. Um, again, I'm from Detroit. Follow me, hit me up. Follow my cousin, love with my cousin. Yes. As long as you don't do no foolery, we good, <laughs> right? But I'm joking. But you know I love you to life and back. Um, I love you too. So yeah. Until next time, see you guys. Bye.